Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. That was my pump-up song. 1982-83 as a member of... uh, the Ace Lang Midge Double A Southside Athletic Club team, coached by Stu McGregor. Guy Gadowski, head coach at Penn State, was on that team. Willie Carey, CW Carey, on that team. Greg Mowbray, he's a local uh, accountant in town. Uh, great guys. And uh, Gadowski and Mowbray were my line mates on that team. Craig Sturzer was on that team. Uh, like Gadowski, ended up playing in the NCAA. That's right. We had a Led Zeppelin pump-up song. Uh, George LaRock joins us right now. Edmonton sporting icon. George, I'm dating myself saying that I'm going with Led Zeppelin as a pump-up song. Did you have a favorite pump-up song back in the day when you played? Oh, you know, I, I was a techno guy. You know, I loved the Tiesto, all the techno songs, that, uh, like Prodigy, stuff like this. So. And I thought that was popular in the dressing room because guys were listening to country. But I never quite understood how you could wrap up to a game when you're listening to your your cow is sick, you left your girlfriend and stuff like this <laughs> when you have to get into a fight. <laughs> hey, uh, remember, was it, what was it, was it uh, Children by Robert Miles? That was really big in the mid-90s as well. I'm not sure if they used yeah, to play. Yeah, it was. Good memory. Yeah. It was. It was a good song, too. I like that, too. Yeah, yeah. it was. There we go. Uh, I, I, you know what? We have a lot of uh, look. This is this is a show that's uh, heard throughout Alberta, and uh, a lot of Albertans love country music. George, you and me share one thing in common, okay? Uh, I too don't necessarily totally get. There's a couple cool country songs, but I'm not the guy that's got A to Z with the country music list. Uh, you know, that'd be a little bit further down in terms of, you know, I'm sort of more classic rock, hard rock, uh, a little bit of, um, you know, I, I, I admit I like a lot of the 80s stuff. Uh, have, have some time for, you know, like the Smiths and uh, some different, you know, 
obviously I love you too and the police uh, bands like that tragically hip in terms of Canadian bands but I never you know I even got some time for like the Thompson twins but I never really got into country you know what I'm oh, saying we like, common we have that in common brother and I love and I love you too too my first concert that I went to is you two actually when you two came to uh, when they went to Vancouver I met them all and I gave them all those jerseys to all four of them at the U2 concert that I was at in Edmonton, they made reference to the fact that Bono was out running in Vancouver and got caught in a wicked rainstorm. People will, that were at that concert will remember Bono telling the story. And Gilbert Brule picked him up in his truck and didn't tell him he was a hockey player until he got to the hotel. And so he's sitting there, and he's, that's just the sort of thing that guys do. It's, it's kind of funny. All right. Okay. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. The first concert you went to was you 2 Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, and I'll never forget it. It was years ago, and uh, it was amazing. I, I, I went back to back. I went to see twice in a row. Oh, that's that's awesome stuff. Hey, George, Montreal, Philadelphia got a little nasty last night, didn't it? Well, you know what happened is that now they they started the media started criticizing Gallagher, Armia, and, and you know why? Because they're saying that those guys are not doing anything, and and especially Gallagher. The, the game before, uh, Muller sat him in the bench for like ten minutes. He didn't play him. So after the game, they interviewed Gallagher about it, and he said, "Well, if you think there's better players than me, then it's his decision." So he was pretty upset. So yeah. it was clear with the pride that he has, um, you know, that next game that he was going to come out like like all flames and stuff. And that's what he did. He inspired and his entire team. But you know the way Gallagher plays, like hard-nosed, <laughs> like hockey. I don't know how many years this guy is going to be able to play like this. Uh, you know, stick in the face. Like now I think he has a broken jaw. He has to go to a cat scan right now. And hopefully he could stay in a bubble because if he has to get outside of it, then he won't be able to play. But, you know, with the courage that he has, I'm pretty sure that even if he has a broken jaw, he's going to play kind of like Chara did. But with the style that he has, I wouldn't want not, I would not want to play a physical game with a cage on if he has a broken jaw because, man, Niskanen giving quite the cross check last night. He's probably going to get a game for it. But, you know, just the way that he plays, uh, you saw everybody on the team. There were, even Kenny, even though he got kicked out, which, by the way, was not a five-minute major in my eyes. Right. Um, you know, but the entire team, they tried to be the aggressor because they didn't want it to end. Well, uh, George, I, don't, I, I know that uh, you uh, you were with uh, Steve Kotlowitz and Jerry Johansson with the Sports Corporation when you played. Brendan's dad, Ian Gallagher, does some work with that. Uh, I, I think I mentioned the story to you once before. Uh, Ian grew up in uh, today's Al Hamilton's birthday. Ian played for Al Hamilton in the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Uh, when Ian played lacrosse in the mid-1980s, he was a pretty intimidating guy. He's not big, but he's a real nasty fighter. And there was a boxer named Gord Reset. He was the number two-ranked heavyweight in Canada at that time. And New Westminster signed him to fight Ian Gallagher in uh, lacrosse, and Ian bounced his head off the pavement in the lacrosse. Oh. Like, he, like, he got the upper hand, and he popped him, and then he popped him once, you know, to like like Ian was, you know, like Ian trained Milan Lucic and Evander Kane. I don't think those guys would necessarily want to upset Ian, so I, I kind of know a bit about where Brendan comes from, and I've always, I mean, he's got to be, one, is Brendan not one of the most popular Canadians players? 
Well, he is. On this team, he's the most popular guy on the team for sure because he's the heart and soul of the, the Montreal Canadiens. That's why a lot of people criticize the decision of Marta doing it. But, you know, and we also know that Gallagher's playing hurt. Like, he's not 100%. Right. And th- this guy is like, even if he's not, he always puts, like, his heart on the line. And, and he inspires his teammates. And it's funny because when he said to the media, because he was pretty upset, he was done after the last loss, and, and, then, and then when he got benched, and when he responded, the fact that, to, that, that if the coach thinks there's better player than me to put them on, like, Weber was sitting right beside him. And with the face that Weber had, you knew that he probably said something to him after the media was gone, but he wasn't going to do it in front of the media. So I'm not surprised with the way that he responded and the way that he played. But the only thing is now, uh, you know, it's one thing, because think about it. Both games that Montreal won is because of emotion. The first one they won, 5 nothing, is because of they wanted to play for Claude Julien. And yeah. now this one, they wanted, like, Gallagher came out, Ornia came out, Dwayne came out, and also they were facing the first elimination game. So emotions were high. But now I know, I know Michel Tarian and Alain Vigneault, the way they coach. So this is what they're going to use for the next game for tomorrow. First of all, they're going to use the little tap that Suzuki did on, on, on Carter's head when he scored, which yeah. was pretty cocky to do, but they're going to use it saying, look, look at this car, look at this rookie, what he's doing to you guys. They're going to use Katyanimi hit that he did from behind. They're going to use Gallagher that, that is on everyone's face. They're going to use those three guys to bring the emotion to the Flyers to come out hard, physical, and with desperation. Because if the Canadians could force a Game 7 against the Flyers, I think they're going to win it. Because, you know, Game 7 price will, will have the edge on, Car- like, uh, on Carter because of the experience and stuff. And a young goalie like Carter Hart could be disadvantaged with that and stuff because... Montreal, like, would for sure take advantage of this. So the Flyers knows that. So the fact that they'll use those three players, they're not going to want to force a game seven. They're going to give everything they have. And we have to know that yesterday's game, like, there's a couple goals that Carter Hart let in that if he didn't, Flyers would have won the game, even with all the emotion that the Canadian had. So it's going to be a hard-fought game, a tight game, but I think it's going to be over tomorrow. You know what's interesting to me, George? I think Giroux's been, Claude Giroux, he's a highly competitive player. Remember those battles he used to have with Sydney and Pittsburgh in, like, you know, 2000, I don't know, 2012, whatever year it was. He's been, like, Konechny's been the more aggressive, noticeable player that's mixed up in the crap on the ice. To me, Giroux's been a little quiet. And if I was Montreal, that would scare me a bit because that guy, uh, he's got another gear that he can get to in his game. What do you think? No, no, no I agree with you because right now, that's the crazy part, part about it. The, the, the Flyers are up 3-2 in the series, but they could have been down 3-2 or maybe the, like because the game that they won were not convincing. Montreal, the two wins they had were convincing, but not the Flyers, because even if the wins that they've had, we, we could say that they were lucky, and even Montreal would aggress them most of the time. And I would have never thought that I would see the Flyers like clogging up the, the middle to slow down the Canadian that are much faster and to play that type against against the Canadian. But there's one thing for sure, is all of the big cannon for the Flyers, like even Couturier, has not been playing the best hockey yet. And one way and another, like we know they're going to come out stronger in a game, and they're going to they're going to they're going to unleash. And once they do, Montreal can they, they can compete with that. So hopefully for Montreal, that is not going to be tomorrow. But man, the talent, like 
the system that that Alevino has is pretty good because when Montreal had the last playoff game, I don't know if you remember against the Rangers, Price was unreal too. But Montreal, they couldn't score goals. They couldn't score goals. And the goals, the, the coach for the Rangers were Alevino. And he was playing a defensive game like he's playing with the Flyers that Montreal can score any goals. It's the same thing there. They did yesterday, but Carter Hart wasn't that good. But that system, I'm pretty sure, will be flawless tomorrow. That's why I say it's going to be a hard-fought game. But, but you know, those guys, like, who's going to come out tomorrow in this game? I can't wait to see it. But uh, it sure will be entertaining again. All right. Well, uh, just a quick thought on Calgary and uh, Dallas, George. Uh, no Matthew Kachuk. And Calgary's big guys, uh, no points. You know, for, uh, you, you take a look at Edmonton lost to Chicago in four straight, and McDavid and Drysaddle had 15 points in uh, four games combined between the two of them. Nugent Hopkins had eight points. So their best three players at 23 points, and Edmonton lost. Edmonton lost for other reasons. Cam Talbot's played great for Calgary, but Goodrow and Monaghan do not have, and Lindholm, do not have an even strength point in that series. Is Calgary lucky that this thing isn't over already? Well, you know, ever since Kachuk's been the leader of that team, Goudreau's never been the same. So now, it's right now it's Kachuk's team, and we know that. And the, 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 it's, it's, it's crazy because the Stars knew that too. So the way that they played Kachuk, they scared him. They were physical on him. They knew he was the, the factor for the Flames that ignite that team. And as soon as Kachuk was out, the series totally changed. You know how often you say a big check change a series? It's your star player, Jamie Benn. And the sandwich hit with, with Jamie Alexiak that took Kachuk out, and it's over. The Flames won't recover from it because from that moment on, they're not the same team. They need Kachuk because he's the leader of that team. And it's crazy because before that playoff, Kachuk said publicly that he was sick of being knocked off in the first round. But unfortunately, because it's hurt, his team will get knocked out because without him, there's no fire in his dressing room. There's something missing. And, you know, if you look at Talbot, yes, Talbot was good in the first series, but Again, it's the same Talbot that was in Edmonton. Uh, I don't think he's a number one. He's a true proven number one goalie because if he would have been, he'll be in Edmonton right now. They'll still be playing in this playoff right now. So the fact that, you know, he has some difficulties against the Stars, I'm not surprised because that's what we've been seeing in Edmonton. And now we've just seen the normal Talbot. That I, I think he's a good backup, but not a true number one goalie in the NHL. George, one final one for you. Uh, we're getting a little, you know, they're they're censoring some of the conversation in the penalty boxes between players. I'm going to take you back to when Ben Eager, uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, you guys were playing Philly. Uh, Joffrey Lupel had three goals and six points in that game. It was a high-scoring game, lots of nastiness. Ben Eager took a run at you, and you got the penalty, and you ended up in the box, and then Gary Roberts decided to fight Ben Eager. Tell people what happened when Gary fought Ben Eager, and then tell people, if you can, what you said to Ben Eager in the penalty box uh, when he came in after the fight. Okay, so first of all, the Battle of Pennsylvania was always like the sons of battle. And Ben Eager, ben Eager was a big guy, like I think 6'4", 250 or something like that. But, you know, he, 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 he was like pretty scared. Like the way that he played he didn't back up the fact that he's a big physical guy that could fight. But anyway, he kind of ran me for kind of behind from the blind spot. And when I went down, I went back up and I wanted to fight him. And and when I went after him, you know, like because I had too much aggression, he didn't want to drop the glove. He was so scared. So then I got two-minute penalty. And, and I was so upset 
that didn't want to back it up. And I was screaming at him. I was yelling at him to try to get him to drop the glove, but he didn't. And then I was playing with Gary, Scary Gary. It was me, Max Talbot, and Gary Roberts. So what Gary did, while I was in a penalty bench because the referee stayed with me, so he free up like Gary, Gary went after him for me. And when I looked at that, I was like, oh, boy. Because Gary is pretty much his grandpa. But Gary, he was 41. He was 41 at that time. Yeah, and, and, and he ragdolled him. He kind of did what, remember when Brian McKay uh, got tossed by Char, when Char picked up Brian McCabe in the air like he waved yeah. a towel and yeah. shook him up? He gave it to, to, to Eager so bad, it was embarrassing. One of the worst beatings that I've seen. And I was looking at that, and I was like, Gary's so old, can he still do it? Because I was like, oh boy, when he dropped the golf, I'm like, okay, now Gary's going to get it. I'm probably going to have to jump uh, Ben Eager after for Gary, but no. It was embarrassing. He gave it to him. So when he went to the penalty bench, I went to Eager. I was like, oh, my God, you got beat by your grandpa. And I was laughing at him. He was so embarrassed that he didn't say anything. He didn't know what to say. And the Flyers were so embarrassed about the, the, the way Eager got handled that they actually got rid of him. They released him not short after that. So that's what Robert did. He got him released because they were like, man, if. Or a tough, supposedly tough guy. Benninger can handle Gary Roberts, a grandpa. What is he doing on our team? Where's the Flyers supposed to be a hard nosed team? So it was the end for him. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, and Ben later went on and he won a Stanley Cup after in Chicago, and the Oilers ended up signing him. And I, I don't, you know, he's he's he was definitely like six two, two hundred and twenty five pounds or so. He could hit guys and he could skate. But just to put things in perspective, that fight, George, happened during the. I'm thinking it was during the 07-08 season. Gary yeah, Roberts was. Gary Roberts came into the NHL in 1986-87, 20 yeah. years earlier. And Gary fought a lot of guys, but I just remember he had his left hand out. He strung him out with the right hand, and he pumped him with the left hand. And Eager couldn't, like, he couldn't block the punches. He just couldn't get hold of him. He couldn't tie up his left, you know, grab him at the left elbow to tie him up. <laughs> And it was one of the amazing beatdowns of all times. You know, Bob, I never understood why the Oilers went to get him after that. I never. That yeah. went around the league. This thing went around the league. Every player started laughing at him. He got beat by grandpa and stuff. And I never said, you know, when the Flyers got rid of him because they were embarrassed, I was surprised that the Oilers gave him another chance. But I knew that at that time, the Oilers, they were really looking for big physical guys. But you know, it, it was a couple of George. It was a full like three years after too. Like it was after yeah. he won the cup in Chicago. Hey George, we got to run. Great stuff. Thanks for your time, my man. Okay. Anytime, brother. You bet. That is George Larocque, part of Truculent uh, Thursdays. We will tell you. Speaking of trucks, there's an old saying in the car business. Cars cost less than Wetasco and outstanding customer service, a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford on for another year. Coming up with us, a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetasco. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase, and they'll continue that standard of service after the sale as well. You can let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, they're all Oilers fans. There's a couple Flames fans down there, too. They're all right, too. But uh, Uncle Melt, Rich, Johnny, they're Oilers fans at uh, Brent Ridge Ford. They'll lend a hand. Uh, they've got all the uh, safe protocols in place out of the shop, one 877 or go online at brentridge.com. We'll wrap up Oilers now when we return. 
Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chet. Slot Mike, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, eight of which are dine-in. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. It's a Thursday. It's Truculent Thursday. Today's Stoffer selection at Royal Pizza is the meat lovers. All right. Uh, one of the three cats is making a little bit of noise in the Stoffer household. To uh, this day in Oilers history, we've referenced it already back in the 630 Chet Studios. Here's Brandon Escott. We sure have. And on this day back in 1946, legendary Oilers defenseman Al Hamilton was born in Flin Flon, Manitoba. He played for the WHA's Alberta Oilers and Edmonton Oilers through the 1970s, captaining the group for four years and representing Canada in the 1974 Summit Series. His uh, number three was retired by the Oilers and remains the only player not from the 80s dynasties to have that honor. Yeah, he was on the uh, 65-66 Memorial Cup champion Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, I think, was that the year they played Derek Sanderson in Niagara and uh, Derek Sanderson uh, sucker punch Bob Falkenberg. He was a, uh, and, and I know we've had Al on the show before. I mean, played for Buffalo back to back 70, 71, 71, 72, and was offered like three times or four times the money to play with the Alberta Oilers. Was a star defenseman in the WHA throughout his time in Edmonton and uh, went on to be a coach. Uh, tomorrow on Oilers Now for the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman will be one of our guests. It's that time. Uh, the orders are out of the playoffs. Uh, the draft is still five weeks away. But we will talk to Portland Winter Hawks forward. This guy had 28 more points than anybody else on his team. Highly skilled Seth Jarvis on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Jack Michaels will join us as well, my radio broadcast partner on the Oilers Radio Network. You're playing... Arguably one of my favorite songs of all time, Brendan, so well done on that front. Uh, I used to work with a guy named Fraser Murray out of Red Deer, and this is a love this song. Um, what's Reed Wilkins got coming tonight on Inside Sports? You're going to hear from the CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, Kelly Rudy as well, EE football team in-game analyst here on 630, Chad Blake Dermott, and GM and executive golf pro Murray McCourt from the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Up next, the global news, weather, traffic update with Kerry McCarthy, followed by a simulcast of CHQR 77, uh, 770 with uh, Angela Coquat. Have a wonderful Thursday, everybody. So long from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.